your Bibles. We've been, <laughs> you know, we've been, what we've been talking about um, on, on Wednesdays, we've been talking about supernatural increase, not so much on Sunday. On Sunday, the Lord had me talking about um, navigating, the, navigating the, the environment of the spirit that we find ourselves in, in this current season. And um, I believe it was uh, the, maybe, maybe one of the last times I preached. Um, uh, there are several things that I have, uh, there are several things that I've tried to, uh, um, several points I believe that God has wanted me to make and several things I feel like the Lord has wanted me to communicate to y'all concerning uh, some of the things that are going on in our nation and going on in the world. Uh, when it comes to the moving of the Spirit. Of course, I don't know about y'all, but I want to move with the Spirit. Amen. Amen. I don't want to be moved by the flesh. Right. You know, the book, go to the book of Romans real quick. Uh, we were, we, I think we were there last week. Romans chapter, in fact, I'm there right now. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We'll start with verse 1. I think this, this might be where we left off. Yeah, because the Lord was telling us last week that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Amen. Uh, so anyway, let's, uh, let's uh, read verse 1. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Say that with me. Say, there is therefore, therefore now no condemnation. So what is that saying? That's saying that as believers, we shouldn't walk in any sort of condemnation. Now, is, is that, does that always happen with us as believers? No. In fact, many times I'll get up here to preach and I see some of you walk out of here and I can tell some of y'all are struggling with condemnation. Condemning yourself. Feeling, feeling is it, and, and, and a lot of times what we want to do, and it's not just here, it's in many churches. That's, you know, that's why the seeker-sensitive church exists today. That's why, that's why there is a seeker-sensitive church today, because there was someone that got this bright idea. Hey, let's, let's get people together, and let's gather them, and let's not preach on anything that will make them feel bad. Let's, let's say things, let's say things in a way. I went to a church one time and the pastor, he said, he says, I don't want you preaching and telling anybody anything that they're doing wrong. I mean, he literally told me that. He said, I don't want you, he said, when you get up there, he said, you know, he, he said, every other church is trying to tell people what they're doing wrong. He said, people need to be encouraged about what they're doing right. And he said, I want you to tell them, you know, what they're doing right. He said, because I'm, I'm, he said, I'm just tired of playing that whole game. I thought, you, you don't understand, you don't understand what's happening. You know, it's not that preachers want to get up and tell people what they're doing wrong. Sometimes, sometimes we don't understand that our perception of what is being said is being skewed by where we're at. And see, this scripture says there's now, we, we only want to see the first part of it. There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. In other words, as Christians, we shouldn't feel condemned. Well, why are, why are preachers trying to make us feel condemned? No, you don't have to. That's, that's not the, like, like I got up and talked about the anointing. You know, hey, we need to rely on the anointing. I mean, inevitably, it doesn't matter what I talk about. Someone's going to leave here feeling, oh, he said I wasn't anointed. He said, I wasn't anointed. 
No, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing out the fact that if we're going to be successful at, at getting where God wants us to go and doing what God wants us to do, we're going to have to follow the Holy Ghost and rely upon the anointing of His. It's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. That's not a condemnation. That's an encouragement. But you know, we'll hear it as a condemnation when, when the next part of this verse isn't, when the next part of this verse is ignored. So there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Look what it says next. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Do you know why there have been lots of people leave church feeling condemned? Not because there was a preacher that was trying to condemn them. Not because of a, of a denomination that was trying to, you know, browbeat them. Not because preachers have it. Listen, you, you, some people feel like that, that um, they come to church and all the preacher wants to do is wag his finger. finger are you kidding me? But when you, when you take the stance of, I'm not going to say anything that is challenging, I'm not going to say anything that makes people feel bad, then you get over there and you get, to, you get into a place where you're appealing to the flesh, of, the flesh and the carnality of an individual instead of appealing to the, to the, to the spiritual uh, part of that individual. And you know what? We're, I, don't know, I don't know if you all understand it, but what we're doing here today is not carnal, it's spiritual. We're not trying to appeal to the natural side of you. We're, we're, we're trying to build you up in your spirit. Right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so in order for that to happen, we're going, we're going to declare the word of God. Well, when you declare the word of God, I don't know about y'all, but man, I get in that Bible and sometimes it's, it's, it's like I got thrown into a briar patch. <laughs> Everything sticks. Everything stings. Everything wants to provoke some kind of attitude from me that is not necessarily a godly attitude sometimes i want to go to the seeker sensitive church you understand sometimes i want to go to seeker sensitive church tell me something that don't make me feel bad give me a cookie and a cup of coffee my god let me let me just let me just sit up in here and relax for a day and <laughs> again you now see some people like he's condemning the secret seven no i'm just i'm just telling you you know uh this isn't consumerism what we're doing here we're not trying to give consumers what they want i'm not trying to appeal i i, I know that i know that mathis brothers is trying to sell you furniture uh, uh diffie is trying to sell you a ford um uh tuckers is trying to sell you a cheeseburger i am not i am not a appealing to the consumer side of you today. You are not consumers. You are the family of God. You are the army of God. Amen. What we're trying to do is we're trying to develop warriors. Amen. We're trying to equip people to do the work of the ministry so that we can edify the body of Christ and all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Amen. To be strong in the Lord and in the strength and in the power of His might. So we, we got we to examine why sometimes we leave here feeling condemned. <laughs> Someone just told pastor my business and now he's just going to, you know how pastor is, if, he te- if you tell him, he'll preach on it. <laughs> you ever, you ever, now, I, I'll be honest with you, if you put it up on Facebook, it's fair game. Y'all, y'all hear me? If you if it gets to Facebook, yeah, man, it's it's all it's all like Donkey Kong. I'll quote you. I won't tell I won't tell anybody who you are, but I will quote what you say. 
I'll quote you. He said, I heard someone say this, you know, and, and quoted it. You might get a little nervous. So sometimes I'll have conversations with some of y'all, and it'll make it into a it'll make it into a uh, uh, into a sermon. And I know a lot of times people feel like you were you were talking to me, weren't you, Pat? Well, no, I'm talking. To a lot of times, what people don't understand is that sometimes I'll have a conversation with one person, and that one person thinks they're the only one that's going through that. They don't realize that I just talked to ten people from my office to the to the sanctuary about the same thing. Pastor, can I, can, I, can I ask you something real quick? Can, I just wanted to say something to you real fast. And every one of them, it amazes me. You know, we think we're so unique. <laughs> but I found out, I found out that most people are very, very similar, very similar. And so uh, may, maybe you were the last one to talk to me and what we said to one another is fresh in my mind and it might come out when I'm, you know, when I'm preaching or when I'm giving an example of something of that nature and some people feel, and, and then you got to go through that whole process of feeling, just, just hang with me here. I'm trying to help you all out with something. You go through that whole process of thinking, man, he's just putting me on blast. No, ain't nobody putting you on blast here. Why would I put you on blast? Why would I... Why would I want to do as your pa- as as a as a fellow laborer, as someone that I need to be on my team and watch my back? How much? What? How's that? How how well is it going to serve me to put you on blast? Go ahead, Do you ever stop to consider that maybe you feel condemned not because it was a condemnation from the from the from the pulpit, not a condemnation from the preacher, but maybe it had to do with the difference between hearing something in the flesh and hearing something in the spirit. Go ahead, man. Amen. Amen. I've, I, you know what I found? I found that people uh, get in a whole lot more unity when they're in the spirit than they do when they're in the flesh. In fact, you can't hardly get people together when they're in the flesh unless you're giving them alcohol. And then it don't go good. You know, you know what I'm saying? Then you, you start giving people alcohol and then it gets kind of iffy because you get around Mexicans and someone's got a gun. You know what I'm saying? A knife or something. You know what I mean? I mean, I've never been to a Mexican wedding where a fight didn't break out. And you, you, you know what I mean? I've never, never been. I mean, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. The question is, are you going to be far away from it that uh, you don't get hurt? <laughs> I know. I know. See, some people feeling condemned right now. He's talking about the Mexicans. Well... I am one. Amen. <laughs> at least half. At least half. But uh, anyway. <laughs> do we, do we really, really want to introduce another spirit? Because when you introduce another spirit, like alcohol, it's going to go the right. You know, uh, Brother Reuben, uh, Pastor Reuben, my cousin from Ohio that's come and ministered to us. Brother Reuben, his wife worked as a victim's advocate. And she said in 100% of the cases that she, uh, one, in 100% of the cases where she advocated for victims in the county that she was working in, in 100% of the cases, drugs and alcohol played a role in them becoming a victim. 
100%. Now, is, is someone, is there always some sort of domestic abuse, some kind of violence associated with drugs and alcohol? Well, not always, but when there is, 100% of the time that she had to advocate for a victim of, of, uh, of domestic abuse, of some sort of child abuse, in 100% of those cases, alcohol and drugs played a role. I, st- I thought I'd throw that in there for free. <laughs> yeah, some of you now saying, you know, well, oh, I, 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 I know, Pastor, you probably saw me that picture that well, I only had one glass of, I only had one margarita. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to kid it. Listen, here's the deal. You can do whatever, you can do whatever you want to do, but I'm going to get up here and I'm going to preach the word of God. And when, the word, and when the word of God is preached, it's going to, the word of God is going to jive more with you when you're in the spirit than when you're in the flesh. When, when someone gets up here and says, listen, you need to rely on the anointing. You're not, listen, when you're in the spirit, you know what you're thinking? Anoint me, Lord. You're looking for the oil. Heck, I knew, I, I had a guy travel with me. His name was Danny Ortiz. He wanted the anointing so bad that every, him, and, him and these young men that, that were a, a part of this church, we went to their church and I went there to preach. They wanted to be anointed so bad, Brandon, that we went in the back and prayed with them before service and they got around in a circle to pray and they were passing around a bottle of oil. You know what they was doing? They was taking that oil, they was slanting it on their head, they was rubbing it on their hands. They, they went like this, put it on their feet and then, and then they'd go... They take a little shot of oil. I was like, what are y'all doing? We want to be anointed. I'm like, it don't take all that. <laughs> I mean, I understand. I understand. I thank, listen, thank, thank God you're hungry. Thank God you're thirsty. But you don't have to be drinking no olive oil. That's good. You know, you go pass some gallstones is what you're going to do. You know, you drink enough of that oil. You, if you have gallbladder problems, you drink a couple bottles of that oil. You will pass those bad boys. You won't feel good about it, but they will leave you. If you don't have gallstones, you'll get deathly sick. <laughs> but it's a home remedy for Pesco. I know. Ayla's looking at me like, dear God, where did just uh, some of that useless information from the internet. <laughs> but when you're, when you're after the anointing, when you're after that, that touch from God, when you're after that getting, getting over there in the spirit and, and navigating the, uh, that, 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 Amen. Church, if we're going to navigate what's going on in the spirit in this hour, we're going to have to get in the spirit, get out of the flesh. As long, as long as we're in the flesh, you know what we'll do? We'll think that everyone is just out to throw shade or to, or to, or to you know, put us on blast or, uh, you know, uh, I'm, 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 I'm always misunderstood. You know, nobody understands where I'm coming from. You know, I guess that's just the way it's going to be. You know, we'll, we'll go through all these things and all that does is keep us from really entering into that place where God wants us to be. I'm with, listen, church, I know some people like, I'm just looking for me a place. If I could find, if I could find the right church, you're not going to find the right church. All of them are jacked up. You're not going to find the right church. The magic church. Some people think the magic church is going to get it. It's like buying that magic laptop. That's all of a sudden going to make you a fortune. 
Man, I started, I started a business, and I got me this business, and, and you know what? As soon as I get that new laptop, man, I mean, we're going to be in the money. As soon as I get that laptop, and I'm going to, man, I'm going to open it up, and I'm going to, man, you get that laptop, you open it up, and you know what you figure out? The laptop don't do the work for you. You're not in any place new. You're just in the same place you were before. All you got that's just a new laptop. About six months from now, you're going to be coming and testifying supernatural increase how you sold that laptop on Facebook Marketplace and the Lord bless you with some money. <laughs> Amen. I know I'm not preaching the, uh, you know, shout. I'm not trying to get you on your feet today. I'm not trying to raise you up and get us all shouting and frothing at the mouth. I'm trying to, get us to <laughs> sorry, trying to get us to understand some things that will help us to navigate the waters of, the, of what's going on in the spirit in this season of time. You know, you can, you can become distracted by things that are of the natural. The, 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 these are the things we talked about. Some people come in here and God will bless the stink out of them. He'll lay them out under the power of God. Well, they'll get drunk in the spirit and, and we'll all look and be like, mm, man, that looks good. You know, that looks nice. We'll see a group over here, over there. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll, go, to a, we'll go to a church or go to a place where it uh, seems like it, you know, things are popping, things are happening where the spirit of God is, is moving, thinking that's exactly what we need. But what we're doing is we're observing in the natural. We're still in the flesh. We're, we're not in the spirit. Some of us will believe that we're missing out. Do you know that the devil's, do you know that the devil's deception against Eve was predicated upon this? He had to try to make her believe that she was missing out on something for her to take the bait that he was offering her. Do you know that's why Eve ended up falling and, and taking the bait that Satan put out there for her to take? Do you remember the conversation that they had? He said, what are you doing here? That serpent, I'm, I'm zigifying this. Serpent said, what are you doing here? She said, she said uh, what, what, what? Serpent says, what, what, so what's up? Oh, yeah, I'm, we're chilling here in the garden. We get to have everything except for this right here. The Lord said, stay away from this tree. Well, why you got to, Lucifer, why you got to stay away from that tree? Well, because if we eat it, we'll surely die. Even if we touch it, we will die. And so what's Satan's next, what's, what, what was that, what was the hook? What was the hook set for Satan when he, when he, when he, when he looked at, when we look, when he looked at Eve and said this, you're not going to die. In fact, he's trying to keep you from that because if you have it, you'll be just like him. In other words, here's what he told you. You're missing out on something. The woman who had everything only had to believe for one moment. You know what I see happening in the church today? I see people running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Running here, running there, running off. And, and listen, it's not, listen to me. Again, I, I set this up. I set this up right. Because I don't want you all to feel like I'm uh, put, putting you on blast or throwing shade your way. That I'm saying this to, 
to uh, be condescending in, in any way. But I see a lot of people in the church today running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Hey, look, pull up that scripture for me, Jess, that says uh, uh, where, there is no, um, where there is no vision, people perish. <clears throat> what, what's crazy is that people are running around really looking for... Do you know some of the wildest church services I've been to where people were preaching stuff that was unscriptural, prophesying stuff that didn't come from the Holy Ghost, laying hands on people and, and, uh, and uh, opening up doors for foolishness and weirdness to take place. I mean, prophesying and all these. these are, do you know, you know what's crazy? Those people are lovers of God. They love Jesus with all of their hearts. I mean, I've heard preachers. I've heard preachers get up and preach the. I've I've been I've been guilty of this myself. Get up and preach the biggest bunch of nonsense. Wish someone had told me. Wish someone had told me to get in out of the rain. Some of the things I've preached over the years, but I've I've heard some of these preachers preach some of the most ridiculous nonsense, unscriptural, unbiblical, not not doctrinally sound, not not doctrinally sound whatsoever. But it was the latest thing that was being preached and the latest thing that was being said. They heard it at the last conference that they went to. Everybody shouted for that preacher when he preached it. I mean, you got preachers getting up. You know what's popular now? Cussing preachers. People love a cussing preacher. I mean, just get up and say hell or damn or something like that. I mean, people love it. What the hell you talking about? People, oh, amen, pastor. <laughs> I don't know what it, I do know what it is it appeals to the carnal nature of man remember remember y'all when we went remember y'all we, as a men's group we went to a men's breakfast at a at a church here in Oklahoma City there was a fella a big you know well he wouldn't well he kind of has a big name he has more notoriety than you know some people do he's he's better known than most of the people we've gone to see he's he's affiliated and associated with someone who has a large ministry in Tulsa Oklahoma well he gets up and he starts talking you know and he's giving his testimony and you know somewhere in the middle of it boy he he uh, I mean, he didn't drop the F-bomb or anything, but he got out there and he was, you know, talking about, oh, I, I'm not going to get up here and say it. I'll be guilty of it myself. But anyway, so he, get, but he gets up and he drops, you know, some colorful language. You know what? I was, now I was, I was, I was to take him. Now I wasn't condemning him. I wasn't judging him or being critical, but I know what the Bible says. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that Peter started throwing language like that around when he was trying to disassociate himself from Jesus. Peter cussed and he, and he, and he, and he used colorful language in order that people might believe that he wasn't with Jesus. If Peter did that to disassociate himself from Jesus, then that must still mean that language like that will disassociate people from recognizing that you're with Jesus. Now listen, it may not do a thing in your mind to hinder your walk with God, but someone watching will disassociate you from being with Jesus because of what they heard come out of your mouth. That's what Peter was. You know what? That is a lesson of the Bible. Why a preacher would employ that kind of language within a... Amen. 
I'm, again, I'm not being condemned. I'm going to tell you something. Does that brother love Jesus? Absolutely. Does he have a ministry? Absolutely. He does. Was he called of God? 100% absolutely. Yes, he was called of God. But you know what? As, as God's people, as those that are called of God, as those that are Christians, we've got to quit leaning on the flesh and we've got to start leaning into the spirit. If we're ever going to navigate the waters of the spirit that exist uh, in, this, in the earth. Because you know that the, the, there, there is a place that God wants to take us. There is a thing that God wants to get done. But we're not going to get it done in the strength of our own might. Listen, you're not, your prosperity, you better, you're, you better not be banking on this world system being the source of your provision and the source of your increase in these last days. Because I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm not trying to scare nobody but you think things are crazy now you know the bible promises much worse to come and i ain't scared you know why because i have learned to trust in and to rely upon the lord for provision Do you know that? I'm, I'm, Tyler, I've never said this, but I'm, I'm, I'm you don't, this isn't, you know, this isn't doctrine or anything, but I want you to think about this. I think that's the very reason why God wants us to be tithers and offering givers. Because you know what tithing and offering giving does? Tithing and offering giving puts you at a disadvantage to the world in the natural. Right. Tithing and offering giving Immediate, tithing and offering giving puts you in a place of vulnerability. Because already, already you're struggling. Already you don't have enough. And then you, you tithe and you offering it. You know what that is? That's like digging a ditch around your sacrifice, pouring water in that ditch and then pouring water on your That's what Elijah did when he, when, he, when he called on the Lord and the Lord answered by fire and, and exposed all those prophets of Baal as being false prophets. Are y'all hearing me? Boy, I'm preaching right now. But when you dig a ditch... When you put yourself at a disadvantage, not based on, not based on your own, not based on the flesh, not based in the natural, but based upon the spirit, based upon the word of God. When you do these things based on his word, in faith, then you know what you do? You create an opportunity for God to arise and for his enemies to be scattered. For, for, for Psalm 23 to come to pass, the Lord is my shepherd, and because of that, I have everything I need. Glory to God. He makes me to lie down in... Glory yeah. to God. Amen. Listen, as believers, we shouldn't be lying down in green pastures because we're the idiots that are giving 10% of our income, and then on top of that, sowing an offering. Come on. Right. According to the world. According to the world. Right. Go ahead, man. Are y'all hearing me? See, that, that, that's a part of the mystery that God, God didn't hide from us. He hid it for us. That's the mystery. That's, that's a part of the mystery that because we're relying upon him doing what he commanded us to do, he will see to it if we'll walk after the spirit and follow him in it yes. to show up and to do what only he can do.
while I'm preaching today. Now, that's, that's not the kind of preaching that makes you feel good when you're going through a financial struggle, when you got more months than you got money, when you got bill collectors calling you, when you're behind on a mortgage, when you're behind on a car payment, when, you, when, you don't have, when you're not carrying insurance on your car, and every time you leave the house, you're like, angels of God, protect my Lord. I, I, I pray angels on the left and angels on the right, angels in front and angels behind. Glory to God. Lord, you are not my co-pilot. you the pilot today, Jesus, because I ain't got no seguranza, and boy, I need right now, I need your help. Amen. Go ahead, man. <laughs> Listen, I've been there. Anybody else? Oh, yeah. Some of you there right now. No, nobody's trying to condemn you. There's no, listen, nobody's trying to condemn you. Right. <laughs> Boy, I am, I'm preaching right now. <laughs> I know when I'm preaching because I look at y'all, y'all like. Listen, just, just because someone over here looked like they're having a heyday and a good old time and they're frothing at the mouth and rolling around. Them, listen, thank God. If, if, if God's working in that way, so, but thank God. You, you might desire that. I don't know about y'all, but I desire for the anointing of God to, to come upon me in the measure and in the manner that I've experienced the anointing of God come upon me when, uh, where I was under the power, where I was beside myself. Where there was a, where, where there seemed like there was a cloud that came into the building. Oh, yeah. You couldn't even stand up to minister. Nowadays, seem like people are so hungry for that, they try to manufacture that. Now, are those people, listen, are those people evil people? No, these are God-loving, God-fearing, Jesus-loving Christians. People that are preaching crazy, they're, they're Christians. Some of them are doing that just to put butts in the pews. Just to get people to come. Just to get people to attend. Man, we could attract a whole different group of people if we... And just we just need to throw up a fire tunnel every week and put some people up here dancing and warring and and huh? Yeah, we have to put a prophetic painter up here and prophetic dancers over here. Call everything prophetic. Prophetic worship. Stop every two seconds in the middle of worship and prophesy. I mean, people we'd have come through here might be flakier than a two-crust pie, but. I mean, we, we, we might could pack the place out. Any, you know, flaky people, they're Christians. Yeah. Granola Christians, but they're Christians. I've resembled that in the past, granola Christian. I've been a fruit, a nut, a flake. You know what I'm saying? 
there have been times I've been there. I've, been, I've resembled that. Anybody else? You know what's important? It's important that we recognize it and come, come through that and come out of it and follow the leading of the Spirit. Amen. The, the spirit realm needs to be navigated. And God's raised, trying to raise up people that will navigate that realm of the spirit. But, but do you know what that means? That means doing things his way. Oh, yeah. Instead of looking over in someone else's yard and feel like you're missing out. You know, that's the, that's the tool of the enemy. The enemy want to try to make you feel like you're. Let me ask you a question: How you go? If you're really straight with the Lord and you're really, I've I've always I've always wondered about this when I talk to people in different churches. And before I was a pastor, and and even as being a pastor, when I've had people come to me and say, you know, I'm just not, you know, I just don't feel like I can grow in that church. I just don't feel like I can, you know, this and that. And I thought, what in the world does your geographical location have to do with your spiritual growth? I grew spiritually in the Mennonite church. <laughs> I heard the testimony of one preacher. He said he walked into an Episcopalian church. He said it was all adorned with all the, you know, things of Episcopal, the Episcopalian religion. I don't know. Anybody know anything about the Episcopalian religion? Much like a, much like a Catholic religion. Um, they have priests, it's, you know, it's Episcopalian church. They're not, generally, they're not filled with the spirit. They're not a spirit-filled church. They're not tongue talkers. They're not, you know, full gospel like we're full gospel. And so this guy, he said he went into the Episcopalian church. He said when he went in there, all of a sudden, the spirit of God hit him. You know what, he, you know what his response was? Lord, what are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing here, Lord? <laughs> One time I went to a church that happened to me. Um, can, I, can I tell you just a short testimony real quick? Okay. Um, some friends of mine, some friends of mine asked me to go to a meeting with them. And I, I can't believe I just got the one verse out, Tyler. Pray for me. Um, <clears throat> a friend of mine called me up and said, hey, we're going to come to, we were, we were living in Columbus, Ohio at the time. And he said, hey, we're coming to Columbus. We're going to go hear this preacher over there. I said, what's the preacher's name? <laughs> what was, what was the, his name was Leroy Jenkins. Well, his name, real name is Leroy Jenkins. But he calls himself Leroy, all right? Leroy Jenkins. Now, Leroy Jenkins, maybe, maybe some of y'all don't know who Leroy Jenkins is. Let me explain to you who Leroy Jenkins was. He's, he's, he's passed on and my prayer is, is that he's with Jesus. Amen. But anyway, uh, but Leroy Jenkins, he was, he was, a, question, he was a questionable man. Um, he, he had, let me tell you his history. He, got, he had gotten his arm cut off. His arm was severed almost completely off of his body. And um, the doctors wanted to amputate it. This was in the 50s. The doctors wanted to amputate it. And um, he wouldn't let them. So it got infected and got gained green. And they're like, we need to cut that off or you're going to die. You're, it's it's going to kill you. He went to an A.A. Allen tent meeting. Brother Allen prayed for him and God miraculously healed Leroy Jenkins of this in his arm. God totally healed him. The gained green left and, and all that. He didn't have his arm amputated. Not only did God heal him, but... God gave Leroy Jenkins a healing ministry. That's right. 
And so Leroy Jenkins went around giving his testimony with Brother Allen and ministering healing to sick people. Saw many, many miracles happen in his ministry. Now, you know, here's where it gets kind of weird. Brother Jenkins, <sighs> and I'm assuming he's a brother. So, Brother, now, don't, I'm not being ugly, I promise. Brother, brother Jenkins, Brother Leroy, um, he, was, he was arrested at some point in his ministry. He was arrested on charges of insurance fraud and arson. And he was found guilty by, uh, by a jury of his peers of the crime of arson and insurance fraud. He had burned down his own church to collect the insurance money. Now, now listen to me. While Leroy Jenkins is in prison, now the, this brother has a gift. God uses him in the gift of the word of knowledge where he would call people out, tell them things that he shouldn't know, scary things, crazy things. While he's sitting in, while he's in prison, he would call his church where someone was filling in for him while he's in prison. <laughs> Rick, Rick, if I go to prison for something other than preaching the gospel, yeah, don't come back. Don't come back. Leroy Jenkins would call the church when he knew they were meeting on Sunday. He would get on the phone. And they're like, Brother Jenkins, we're, we're praying for you. We know you've been falsely accused. And, and maybe he had been. Maybe this was his suffering. I don't know. But I, I don't think so. There was just too many things. Uh, uh, he, would, he would get on television. And he'd say, this whole program would place it, God led Leroy to a miracle well. And for your love gift of $100, we're going to send you your own little bottle of miracle water. Drink that miracle water. You're going to be healed. You sprinkle it on your, you know, pets and it'll make them better. And, and I mean, just miracle, miracle well. Well, I went to his church. You know where the miracle well was? Right outside the back door of the church. I mean, it had a spigot on it. And there's just a couple little old ladies back there filling up these gallon jugs of water and sending them out in the mail to people that sent in their love gift of $100. Yeah, maybe it was. But but he'd be he he was but from prison, he'd call up the church and be like, "There's a lady sitting in this uh, service. She's in the third row, seventeenth person in on the right hand side. She has a red speckled dress on, and she came today because she's battling cancer." The Lord's healing you today of that cancer. There would be a woman in the third row, 17 people in, in a red speckled dress that came there for healing for cancer and would leave there healed. Isn't that crazy? So my friend, my, my friend, he's like, we're going to go here. I said, you know, he's got, you know, some questionable. He had married an 80 something, no, 90 something year old woman. He, he married a 90-something-year-old woman. She was pre, you know, showing signs of dementia. He married her. She's a little black woman, wheelchair-bound, and she just happened to be a multimillionaire. And one of his supporters. 
Well, you know, the courts annulled the marriage, and it was, it, it was nuts. This guy, th- th- he, it was something all the time. It was something all the time. It was crazy. So my friends, my friends, we're going to go here. We, we're going to go here, Brother Jenkins. I'm like, I said, you know, I said, you know that his integrity is questionable. Yeah, but our pastors, and then they told me the story of their pastors. My pastor's wife was dying with cancer, stage four. Doctors gave her up to die. They went to Brother Jenkins' meeting, sat clear in the nosebleeds. There were over a thousand people there. They were clear in the back on the very last row in the balcony, you know, clear in the back. And Jenkins got up to preach. And when he got up to preach, a man got up and said, Leroy Jenkins, you are a heretic. You are not of God. You, you, you know, and started to rebuke him. You know what Brother Jenkins did? Jumped off the platform on top, on top of this man, started beating him with his microphone. Oh. <laughs> All you can hear is the thumping of the microphone hitting this guy. Yeah. So the pastor's wife, who's dying of cancer, the friend, the friend, the pastors of my friends, they're sitting clear in the back, the last row. She looks at her husband and she says, how can a man of God be doing that? All of a sudden, the thumping stopped. Brother Jenkins puts the mic to his mouth. He said, someone up here just said in their hearts, just said out of their mouths, how could a man of God be doing something like that and be a man of God? He said, I'll tell you how I be a man of God. You came here with stage four cancer. Doctors gave you up to die. He said, but Jesus is passing by you. You can go home. You're healed. And she left there healed. She's, she's living today. I saw her recently. That's why my friends were going to go hear him. They said, do you want to go? I said, I wouldn't miss it for the world. (laughs) I am in. Now, Annie didn't go, but (laughs) Pastor Annie was like, I'm out. I'm like, I'm going, I'm going. Y'all, I went to this church. Y'all have never seen anything like it. I walk in and it's like Noah's Ark. Someone had carved out of wood two of each animal. And it was painted beautifully. A lot of work went into this. We went in. They were these two tall white walls on the front. It looked real gaudy at first. I'm like, on the platform. I'm like, this is the craziest thing. It had like a pool or like a, it was weird, like an indoor pool on each side where these animals were. I'm like, what is going on? But you know, when I walked in the door, you know who was there? The Holy Ghost. You know what I said in myself? I said, Lord, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? His response back to me is the same thing I'm doing with you, working with you. I'm like, yeah, but Lord. Now, am I, now I'm, not, I'm not saying go out and watch every video of Leroy Jenkins. Don't do that. That's not wise. Just because people are on the path and on that journey to the Lord doesn't mean that you can follow them closely. You've got to be careful what it is. Are y'all hearing me? 
you got to be, if you're going to navigate the waters of the spirit in the environment of the spirit in this hour for your life and in your life, you know what's important? It's important that you get with the people God wants you to get with. Number two, it's important that you walk this out in obedience to God and obedience to the spirit of God, doing it God's way. You know, if God connects you with a Leroy Jenkins and, and you're going to navigate the waters of the spirit with someone that's a little off kilter, <laughs> a little oddball, you, you, better, you better hear from the Holy Ghost. You better walk with Jesus. Because there are some things you don't want to pick up from that individual. You know what those big walls were? About 30 minutes before service, it sounded like someone opened up floodgates. I mean, it literally sounded like a torrential rain. I'm looking around. I look up at the platform. Those big walls were giant waterfalls. And the water was flowing off of these walls. It was the most beautiful thing you ever saw in your life. I was like, it was gaudy and ugly when it was, wasn't running. When they turned it on, it was like, oh. And the water flowed through the whole place. Well, they got up. They did worship. You know, they did their singing. We, was, you know, we, we sang for a long time, just worship God. People were, you know, they were loving Jesus. Jesus was there. there was, uh, Lewis, you'd, you'd think after all this stuff this guy did, nobody'd show up. There's over 800 people there. And they were glad to be there. Jesus loving people. Oh yeah. Worship leader stops for a minute. He says, well, y'all know how Brother Jenkins is. He ain't here yet, so let's play another one. <laughs> We've been in service for an hour. Dude, he ain't even there yet. But about five minutes after, you know, we start that last song, he, they, they see him off to the side. He says, all right, Brother Jenkins is here. Let's all welcome the man of God, God's man of faith, by Leroy Jenkins. And Leroy Jenkins comes out. He looks like an Elvis impersonator. Listen, that's the way he dressed. And he got up and he talked like this. And, and I'm going to tell Rick, just the most... There was something endearing about him. But I watched people get healed in that meeting. Oh, yeah. For their love gift of $5,000. True, true statement. For your love gift of $5,000, I'll lay hands on you and pray for you. Now, those of you that sow $1,000, i will just, you know, just come by real quick and lay hands on you. Anything less than that, we'll just say a mass prayer. That's, that's the way the night went. But did, 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 did God move? Yeah. Now, am I going to join myself to that foolishness? No. But do you know what some people think? Have I lost? Y'all, are, y'all off the bus? Are y'all off the bus? Y'all ready to go home? No. Here, here's why I'm saying that. Here's why I'm saying that. Is because the devil will tell you regular. Well, you're missing out. You're missing out on something. You could have it a whole lot better. We've got some friends right now, boy. We got, we got some friends right now. They were, they were hooked up at World Harvest Church with uh, Brother Parsley and um, attended his church for, for a period of time. And, and um, some things, I don't know, some things happened. You know, things happen. 
Maybe he said something they didn't care for. Maybe he took a stand that they didn't like. You know, that, that, that's, why, that's why we've got we've to stay tucked into the spirit. Right. We can't be making decisions based on what we feel in our flesh. Right. Heck, if we do that, all of us would show up and then go back home. Right. Show up, be here for three minutes, be like, man, I, uh, this sucks. Take me home. That's <laughs> all right. Anyway. <laughs> I watched some of y'all with y'all, some, some of these kids, some of y'all got, you got your kids up in here and they're driving, they're, they're driving you crazy. Listen, better they drive you crazy here than at home. They go, if they're going to be getting crazy, let them be getting crazy here so, so Jesus can get the crazy out of them. Amen. Amen. But don't get in the flesh. Don't get in the flesh. Don't get in the flesh. If you get in the flesh, you're going to feel condemned. Everybody's looking at me, my kids. Everybody's looking at you. We've all had kids. We know how it is. We've all had them throw themselves down and throw a hairy conniption. Man, my kids have had cows. I mean, they have kicked fits. They have said all kind of craziness. <laughs> I told y'all about Gabe, the Mexican restaurant. He's getting all kind of crazy. I'm like, I'm going to take you to the bathroom. He didn't believe me. He's all, ah, he got crazy. I yanked him up, boy. I'm dragging him out of that restaurant. We're going to the bathroom. While we're going to the bathroom, he looked at that whole table of church people and said, pray for me. <laughs> I'm like, boy, you're you going to need that prayer. <laughs> yeah, Gabe, pray for me. <laughs> come, on, come on up here, Gabe, so I know I'm done. <laughs> pray for him, y'all. Pray for him as he... <laughs> the prayers worked. <laughs> I had, I had just looked up a scripture. Put that scripture up there just real quick, and that will end with this verse of scripture. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now listen, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, right? And this is, that's what this, they talk about the law of Moses. But you know what? In that Romans where, where, that I didn't get to, the Bible says there is a law of the spirit so you can replace that law with the law of the spirit. So where there is no vision, people, but he that keepeth, and let's just say it this way since we're taking the Old Testament, he that keepeth the law. In, in other words, what it's saying, if you'll keep the word of God, if you'll do the will of God, if you'll do the word of God, if you'll make room for God, you know, when you look at this verse of scripture in its literal translation, it says this, it says, where there is no prophetic word, where there's no rhema word, where there's no living word, when you don't have a word from God. Remember, we, we, that's how we started this thing out. If you're going to have faith, you're going to have to have a word from God. 
where there is no word from God. I know this, this says people perish, but you know what it literally says? People cast off restraint. Now that sounds liberating, right? To cast off restraint. I am free to run. Yeah, that's that. But he that keepeth the law. In other words, get this. If you, if you, let's just put it in terms that you can understand. How many of you drive? You, you're a driver. You drive a car. You drive regular. All right. Let's say this. Let's say that you've been redeemed from the curse of the speed limit law. You know what that means? <laughs> that means there's no limit. There's no limit. There's no limit, right? Let me ask you a question. Does it mean it's wise to drive? <laughs> Doesn't it depend on a lot of things? Traffic? conditions, road conditions, weather conditions, the condition of your car. I mean, I, Gabe's got an 81 Firebird. It, it, it reads, it reads 90, 110 on the speed limit. Is it wise for him to drive an 81 Firebird of a, a car that is, how many years is that now? 40, is it wise you reckon to drive? Man, it ain't wise for a 42 year old person to run. You get, I mean, you know what I'm, I'm not, haven't any of you watched some videos? Old people running, they think they're 10 years old and Inevitably, they all—they always fall forward. Why? Did, why is it? Because they—because they, this part of their body moves faster than their legs. In their head, they're running like they did as a kid. But they didn't have this up in front of them when they was a kid. And it's always forward. They always fall forward. Their feet always flip back and hit themselves in the back of their head. And it always looks like they're going to be laid up for at least two weeks. That's why I don't try. That's why I don't try to race kids. Listen, a kid tell me I can beat you. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> but I got a car and you don't. <laughs> I can go. I, I can go to Bahama Bucks anytime I want, and you can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the, the Bible says this, if you have no word from God, you know what it does? It causes you to take off all the limits and cast off all restraints. In other words, you'll run around like a chicken with your head cut off and never accomplish it. 
That's, that's where a lot of people are in the church. Do you know that's why, that's why we got preachers that'll preach crazy stuff and prophesy just anything, just to try to entertain people, just to try to, to appease the consumer. Because it's better than them being in the world. I mean, at least we're doing something. But you know what? After a while, even in the place that you think is, oh, man, I just, what, what, what do you like about that church? Oh, you know what? I, I love their praise and worship. Well, eventually, something's going to happen. You're not going to love it. Well, they have a good kids program. Yeah, when they keep dragging your kid out of kids program sitting next to you. And praise God, Josiah ain't in here today. Thank God, look at there. I'm not picking on Joe. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah. <laughs> Usually it'd be him. Him and Titus. Him. <laughs> Yeah, Titus, Titus, we try to try to slip in too, or incognito, so I don't say nothing. I'm like Titus, then he, then my eyes start shifting like Cherie. <laughs> you ever notice they got the same eyes, him and Cherie? <laughs> I know you're listening, Cherie. have a word from God when you're in the spirit not after the flesh how can you how can you miss out how can you miss out I mean if I go to a Leroy Jenkins meeting and Jesus be there how can I miss out on what Jesus has for me even if he gets up and says all kind of foolishness. Even if he gets up and he's asking for all kind of money, for your love gift to find. There, you know what he said that night? He said, there are 25 people here. God spoke to you to give $5,000. I want you to get up right now. When you get up here, I'm going to pray for you. Everyone that gives five, I'm going to lay my hands on you personally. And 25 people. You know what? Immediately, 40 people got up, gave $5,000. He laid hands on them. He spent time with them. And, this, and I told you how next week he, he said 80 people going to give a thousand immediately 80 people got up lined up in the front he just went by and kind of swept his finger across he said now if you have anything else you just go ahead and give it and I'll say a prayer for you here at the end before we go I'll just and he did he stood up on the platform he's like Lord just bless these people in Jesus name prayer for you Jesus was there now was Jesus all in everything that was going on no no my, my point is this you know if we'll hunker down and we'll settle settle it in our hearts that we're going to get with Jesus you can get with Jesus anywhere Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian Lutheran Church, Catholic Church uh Pentecostal church, Assembly of God church, your daddy's church, your mama's church, your auntie's church, your uncle's church. Once you settle it, once you settle it, wow, these people aren't like me. Really? You're going to let that keep you? 
Well, you know, they, my gift. All right. You're going, so you, all you're going to concentrate on is the fact that you don't feel like you use your gift. Well, maybe if you just got with Jesus. You just kept on in that personal, intimate relationship with him. So if you don't get to do your gift here in front of everybody on the platform at Winter's Church, your gift don't work. Heck, Bricktown's there. You can go do your gift at Bricktown. We'd go to, remember when we went to the, used to go to the Christian apartments. We don't go there anymore, but we used to go to the Christian apartments. You know why we went to the Christian apartments? Give people an opportunity to share the gospel. Give people that had felt like they had a gift an opportunity to go and use their gift. You know, once people, once people had one shot at Christian apartments, got up there one time, most of them didn't want a second opportunity. <laughs> they want to get up here when it's nice and toasty on a Sunday. You know, after pastors got up, told everybody that prayed, that the worship team's done their thing, that's when everybody wanted to get, oh, that's what I want to get, you know. Now they don't want to stand in front of a bunch of Muslims. Most of them don't speak English. have to navigate the waters of the spirit to figure out what God wants to do there. Heck, I remember when that thing dwindled almost to nothing. He's going to that crib. I know. I I, I know. I'll get you out of here. It's it's Father's Day. You got barbecues to get to. (laughs) Why is it that on Father's Day we still got a barbecue? Anyway, because we want good barbecue, that's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he looks over at Lindsay. <laughs> Listen, I, I appreciate the way y'all cut a birthday cake, though. You like that? With a machete, right? <laughs> Anybody's here? That birthday cake cutting video, they got a machete, huh? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, anyway, no, I'm not going to tell that. Y'all stand, stand up all over the place. I'm going to let you out of here. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that would take it a little too long. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank God. Listen, you're going to make it. Amen. I know we're not all, I know we're not all struggling. We're not all going through difficulties and this and that. I know sometimes, you know, I, I talk like that. And some of you are like, man, I'm all, everything's hunky-dory with me. I'm cool. But you know, some people, they struggle in regular. <laughs> Most people just struggling with trying to find their place. Listen, if you have a place where you come and God's Spirit work with you, you found a place. Doesn't mean it'll always be easy. Maybe I should tell the story. Man, Christian, y'all remember when Christian apartment, y'all that were here, remember when we were going and everybody was like real excited and we went and man, we have 
we'd get that room packed full of people. Man, everybody. And, and uh, man, we had that mean old lady. Remember that old lady? She'd sit at the door and give you a dirty look when you walked in. Then she'd come sit in the service and give you a dirty look through the service. you try to say hello to her. She'd be like, eh. I don't even think she spoke English. Because she, she was like, tss, tss. I mean, she would, listen, she was, she was trying to throw bad, you know, juju on people, man, for real. She reminded me of an old gypsy woman from the movies, you know, try to, I expected her to break out like a, 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 a chicken foot, you know, with a feather tied to it. Well, after a while, you know, all them people from the Christian apartment, they just kind of dwindled off, you know, they kind of. And then it was, you know, then half of the Winter's Church folks started drifting off. Then the worship, it was just the worship team there for a while. And the worship team didn't even want to be there. They're like, eh, what are we singing? <laughs> no, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And pa- Pastor Ward, you know, I, I told Pastor Ward, I said, Pastor Ward, uh, we, want, we want to make sure to give people an opportunity to mi- do ministry. We want to teach them how to do ministry. Well, th- it's hard to do ministry when you've got a bunch of people that don't know nothing about Jesus. That's the environment you want to get in. You want to be able to, you want to be able to get up under the anointing and in the spirit in that kind of an environment. Of course, some people look at me that well, like pastor, he don't he <sighs> pastor making us do that. I ain't making nobody do nothing. Pastor get to preach on Sunday and he put us over here. The Christian, there ain't no nothing Christian about these apartments. <laughs> yeah, but that's where I that's where I got with Jesus. It's, e- it's easy to spot the light in the darkness. So Pastor Mikey, he was like, one, one day we were talking about it. I said, how's it going? He said, well, it's, it's going. I said, how, how many people are coming? He said, oh, we probably two people from the Christian apartments, six people from Winner's Church. I'm like, we got more people coming from the church than the apartments? He's like, well, you know, people just, you know, they don't want to come. They're just, they're, they're, people are busy, and it's just, it's hard to invest in time. You know, we talked about it. He's like, and you know, I'm not going to be able to go this week. Pastor Mikey wasn't here. He was, he was there. He was the one taking care of it. He said, so, uh, he said, I'm, I, I got a revival over at the, uh, somewhere, uh, Langston, I think he was at. And he said, but you know what? He said, uh, um, I'll do it myself, man. I, I said, Pastor Mike, I don't want you to do this yourself. I want people to do this. He said, no, nah, I'll just have Shanika preach at Langston. I'll come do it. I said, no, I said, I'm going pre- to preach it. I'll do it. It was a leadership meeting. Some of y'all that were in leadership at that time may remember it. It was a leadership meeting. I said, I'll, I'll do it. I said, you go and uh, you and Pastor Shanika go to Langston. You go do that revival. I said, and I'll take Christian apartments this week. I said, because something's got to happen in their new anyhow. So God's got to do something. And he was like, are you sure? I said, yes, I'm sure. You know, it wasn't, I'm not trying to rip off my arm to pat myself on the Don't get me wrong. I didn't know this was going to happen. 
20 seconds after it was settled that I was going to do it, the Spirit of God came on me. Told me exactly what he wanted me to do at the Christian Apart. I looked, I looked at Sheree. I said, Sheree. I said, get ready. We're going to have the best Christian apartment outreach we've had in a while. I said, uh, I want you to go buy three or four $20 Walmart gift cards. Then for the next few days, I want you to go to Christian apartments and uh, knock on doors and tell them we're giving away $20 gift cards to Walmart on the night of our service. That at the end of the service, we're going to give these cards away. Had no Listen, that's, all, that's what I heard the Lord tell me to do. Had no idea. Had no idea. Most of the people in them apartments Muslim. Had no idea. They're from Middle East, many of them. Had no idea that Middle East people, all, you want to get them to come somewhere? Just give them a chance to get some money. I had no idea. But Sheree went, she's knocking on doors. I don't know whether she thought it would work or not. You know what? Here's the thing. There's always going to be someone say, well, we tried that at our last church. Yeah, but this ain't your last church. And maybe they didn't have a word from God. Are y'all hearing me? I know there's stuff that works, stuff that don't work. But you know what? We're not relying upon what we think we, we experienced in the past. We're trying to get a word from heaven. We're trying to navigate the waters of the Spirit to do what God tells us to do now. I'll make this quick. I got there. I got there. I, got, I started getting everything set up. And that little room we had was packed. You couldn't fit another person. I think worship team had to stay up front because there wasn't no place to sit. And we were crammed in there. Listen, you want to talk about, you could tell you could tell people that had all kinds of stuff for dinner. Every kind of smell you can imagine up in there. Then everybody's perfume smelled like a Christmas tree up in there. But anyway, a Christmas tree is somebody making a, some kind of dinner. <laughs> curry <clears throat> anyway I got up and I began to share about the love of God you know what didn't nobody want to hear me they want a $20 gift card from Walmart but I started talking about how Jesus loved them and I began to go through scripture I began to tell those Muslim people because I, I knew by then I knew that some many of them were Muslim I said I said some of you you're trying to be good enough to get into heaven I said but we serve a God that will forgive all of your sins that will not hold your trespasses against you he will make you a new man I started talking and man the love of God came into that room and I didn't just start to cry I started to weep Man, the love of God hit me. The minute I started to weep, about I'd, I'd, I'd guess maybe a quarter of them people didn't even speak English. But the non-English speakers, when I started to cry, they started to cry. The English-speaking people started to cry. Well, them non-English speakers started getting close to people that spoke English and said, what is he saying? What is he saying? And they began to interpret what I was saying. 
tears were streaming down. Now, I'm not saying that it was all God because of the tears. The love of God. Were you there, Nikki, that night? Were you there? I'm telling the truth, aren't I? The love of God invaded that room. We're all crying. And then God had me give that example that I've given so many times. I said, some of you saying, if he's such a good God, why hadn't he done something for me? Why hasn't he forgiven me? Why hadn't he touched me? Why hadn't he changed me? I pulled out a, I think I pulled out a hundred or maybe a 20 or I, I think it's 20. I pulled out a 20. I said, I'm going to show you something. I, and I began to say, this is yours. I'm, I'm God. And this is what he gave you. This is Jesus. This is the love that he has for you. And here's what he's saying. It's yours. It belongs to you. I said, so me, as the Lord, this tw- it's yours. This 20 is yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Man, I did that for 10 or 15 minutes. Ted tried to get up and ruin the whole thing, and I made him sit back, sit back down. But anyway, I'm like, it's yours. Because he had heard me say that. I'm like, Ted, sit down. He's like, ow. This has got to have an impact. Don't, don't go... Oh, don't go stealing my phone. Ten minutes, at least ten minutes went by, right? It's yours, it's yours. While I'm doing this, one, one, I remember one lady gets up and goes, she stood in her chair. I'm like, yep, it's yours. She stood there. She's like, mine? I said, it's yours. She goes, I said, yep. I said, it, it belongs to you. And then she just sat down. Someone else got up and waved at me, said, mine, mine, it's mine. I said, yep, it's yours. It's yours. They sat down disappointed. Fin- I don't even know who it was. Finally, someone pushed some chairs out of the way even. Okay, just pushed chairs out. They could have walked in, in the aisle. No, they start moving chairs. They came up and they grabbed it out of my hand. And I said, I said, that's exactly what I wanted you to see. I said, some of you are saying, God, if it's mine, why can't I have it? I said, because you got to take it. It's yours, but if you want it, you got to take it. God gave everything to you, but if you want it, you're going to have to do something more than just do your little hands like that. You're going to have to, you're going to have to reach out and take it. That person did exactly what I hoped that they would do. They tried to give it back to me. They're like, okay, good example. I'm like, you still didn't get it. It's yours. Why are you trying to give it back? I pulled out another 20. Listen, that thing got snatched up in a New York second. I think Ted gave me a couple 20s and they got snatched up. Like, listen, you couldn't even, nobody, everybody started putting their wallets in there. But they're hiding their 20s. Because you couldn't take a 20 out without somebody going, just take it. Just take it. Do you know that day we led lots of people to Jesus? But you know what? It wasn't, it wasn't strategic planning. It wasn't getting something out of an evangelism book and doing it. It was, it, was, it was leaning in, tuning in to hear what the Spirit was saying. 
See, some of you don't realize it's not just about winning people to Jesus. On your job, some of you, you're like, man, I haven't got a raise in years. Lean in. How do I do this? I remember when Eric was giving out cookies that Ayla was making. That was, that was something that the Spirit of God had put in his heart to do. Man, he was, he was nailing all kinds of deals over a, ba- over a bag of cookies. He'd hand him a bag of cookies. They're like, where was I? God will bring you out. But you got to learn how to navigate the waters of the Spirit. Amen. Does this help anybody here today? Well, Father, we thank you today. Lord, you're good. <laughs> I know some of you are like, you dirty rat, you stood us up and tricked us and kept us for 15 more minutes. <laughs> Lord, you're good. God, you're so good to us. We're so grateful for your goodness. <laughs> Glory. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for everybody that's here today. God, I thank you that you're opening up doors of opportunity for each one to break out in a greater measure of victory. To break out, Lord, in a greater measure in every area of life. Navigating, Lord, the waters of the Spirit that are before them. Lord, may they realize that just because they can do anything doesn't mean they should do it. But Lord, your word will constrain us to do, Lord, what you said to do. May there be a word, Lord, released to everyone in this place today in the name of Jesus. Lord, whether it be through prophecy, whether it be out of Scripture, no matter how it comes, God, I release your word in your people today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Brandon, I see you at a gate, and I see you breaking through that gate in Jesus' name. I hear, I hear God saying you're going out of one season and into another. I hear, the Lord, I hear the Lord saying that you've been around this. It's like a corral. It's like you've been, you've been trapped. And you could, you, there, you've, you've come to this gate before, but didn't know how to work the mechanism that opened up that door. But I hear God saying that he's taught you how to work the mechanism. And the Lord's, <coughs> the Lord's saying this, that that mechanism isn't going to hold you back from entering in uh, to the, uh, into this new place, the Lord says, that he is providing for you in this hour. So I, re- I release that to you in the name of Jesus. I hear God saying what has been complicated in the past, what has been difficult, what has been like a puzzle, like a chore. I hear the Lord saying is going to, uh, there's going to be a, you're going to be swift. You're going to be like one of them people that solves the Rubik's Cube in like, you know, five seconds. You know, the people here, and they slam it down. I hear God saying, you fit, God's brought you to this gate. You fiddled with that gate for a good while and walked away and said, I don't know how it works. And then you began to seek, not just the Lord, but you began to look for information. Maybe to find someone that had the answer. But I hear the Lord saying that by the Spirit, boom, it, there's just going to be a release of revelation. And God says what was complicated in another time won't be complex for you in this time. But I hear God saying you're going you're to look at that mechanism and it's just going to be quick. 
Lord says it's going to open up a door. I hear, I hear the Lord saying this. He says he's going to open up doors for you that are going to cause promotion to come. And the Lord says supernatural increase is going to abound toward you. In the, most, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I declare supernatural debt cancellation over y'all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I do. I, I, I release that to y'all in the name of Jesus. I, I, I hear the Lord tell me to tell y'all this. Because he, he, he says this. He says that sometimes y'all will look and you'll say, we created this debt though. So, you know, God, he's going to have to, you know, Lord, I know that you expect us to be responsible. He does. He does expect you to be. But you know what? He will cancel your you know, if God can heal a fat man's knees, he can cancel someone's debt who created that debt. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, fat man, he, kept, he had bad knees because he got too much weight on him. But you know what? The Lord ain't like, well, if you lose weight, I'll heal your knees. No, by the stripes of Jesus, we were, are, and forever will be healed. Amen. Whether you fat, skinny. Amen. Well, I abused him. That don't make no difference. Stop abusing them, but be healed. Now, see, that's what I hear the Lord saying. Shay, about a photo, supernatural debt cancellation. Glory to God. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you're canceling debts, that you're alleviating burdens, that you're destroying financial yokes over the Rosses in the name of Jesus. I, I hear God saying, you, got, you, you guys are... You keep trying to develop a plan, and the plan keeps getting messed up by unforeseen uh, things that, that happen. The Lord told me to tell you this. He said, it's all right. Don't worry about that. He says, don't worry about the fact that you feel like you don't have a five-year plan. Because y'all keep going to the books, and the books keep telling you, have this, have that, have the other. People that you feel like are more organized and better uh, uh, suited and have more, uh, are more better equipped, to do the, you look to them, the people that you admire, and you're like, we'll never have it till we get it together like them. The Lord says, you, the Lord says, you got to quit sweating that stuff. Amen. He says, you've got to rely upon me. Because the Lord says, I'll see to it that you prosper and that you increase. The Lord says, long before you have it all together. Amen. God says, I'll bless you. God says, I'll bless you in the journey, not just at the destination. Because <laughs> he told me, he said, y'all think that when you get to the destination, that that's when you're going to hit. God says, you're going to hit all the way to the, God says, you're going to hit all the way. The Lord says, Through the, throughout the journey, you're going to be hitting. And God says, and you're going to hit at the destination too. God, say, God says, you, God says, you got to get a hold of that truth. God says, I'm not waiting until you get to the destination before you're blessed. God says, I'm blessing you along the way in Jesus' name. Woo! Ha ha! In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, Lord, tell me to tell you all that he's been stirring up in your hearts. Like, it's like the Lord said, like he, like he released something in you. Like, because uh, y'all have come a long way. Not, just, not, not in just a few areas of life, but it seems like consistently in many areas of your life, the Lord has taken and he has grown you exponentially. And some of it you've grown because of the people that he brought you around and the impartation into your life that he brought through them. But much of what God did in you, he did in you just within your own self as you sought the face of God. It's like, it's like you didn't know you was on this journey, but you discovered you were on a great journey because God began to transform and bring about change in areas of your life that some, some things that he, where he brought change, you didn't even know you needed change or even wanted change. But the more you hung out with him, you found that he brought change to, to, to things. But I hear, I, hear, I hear the Lord saying this. He says that uh, just in the last several months, it's almost like you're discovering that God is looking to bring promotion to your life. To, to, that you, you, you came to a place where let's just say financially in the natural, like you're uh, a, a comfortable place. Not that, not that you're, you know, sub, but a place where you're not, you're not sinking. I mean, you're, you're in a good place, but it's like the Lord said, I have so much more for you. I have so much more for you. And all of a sudden dreams begin to, you, you start to dream, but you're like, man, I acted on some of them dreams before and it didn't go good. But I hear God saying this. He says, you're, you're in a better position. You're in a better place in this season to hear a clear word from him and to know what it is that he's saying and to follow the direction that he leads you. Ooh, I declare right now a release by the Spirit of, of wisdom, of, of a greater measure of understanding of the direction the Lord is leading and taking you. And I, I declare in the name of Jesus, I declare that before it's all said and done, you know what I'm believing God for? I'm believing God is going to make y'all business owners, successful business owners, where, where, where you're not having to shove money from other resources that you're having to earn in another way into a business, but where the business supports itself and then at some point begins to support you in, on a higher level. In fact, you know what I'm declaring? I'm declaring that God is going to put a business in y'all's hands that not only will supply for you and your children, but that you'll be able to leave it to your children and it supply for your children's children's children. If the Lord tarry, amen. But I, but I hear God say, I hear God saying that he said he's given you 
The Lord says he's giving you the faith. God says he's going to give you the wisdom. And then he's going, he said he's going to give you the understanding of how to do these things. He says, but get, he says, get ready. He says, the journey is not over. He said, it has just begun. And he says, and I'm going to open up avenues, the Lord says, that are going to supply not only for you, but Lord, the Lord says, uh, going to supply for the generations that are coming behind you. The Lord says, your descendants will, will uh, call y'all blessed because they will reap the benefits of your obedience, God says, in a, in a future season. In Jesus' name. Thank God. I lose that to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Julie, the baby vibes are over. They're, they're over there. I'm telling you, listen, don't give up on you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I, hear, I hear God saying he's reversing things. Things that were, things that were set in motion that brought about the, 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 com, the, com, the complications and the difficulty. I hear God saying they're being reversed in the name of Jesus. The Lord says he's rolling things back. Hallelujah. And then Moseda, and he says, uh, He says he's doing, God says he's doing himself what he said that the doctors have a percentage of, of uh, success. The Lord says, My success rate is 100%. So the Lord, the Lord says this, the Lord says, this ain't there now you need to take Ayla's the same word God gave to Ayla he's given to you the Lord says you ain't trying no more you doing it in the name of Jesus you're not trying to have kids you having children in the name of Jesus today you're going from trying to doing in Jesus name thank God someone rejoice amen thank God glory to God Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen, if you want that word, claim it. You know, some people are like, man, I feel like that's my word. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Glory. And telebrehesta. Boy, I feel the Spirit of God in here. I almost don't want to go, but I know we need to. Thank God. Should we draw a ticket with the Spirit of God rolling in here like this? Let's, let's hang in here just for one more second. Just for one more second. I promise. You're not going to miss nothing. Not too much. And then, You know what I hear God saying? I hear God saying His desire to give people more time with Him. Some people, the enemy has tried to wrap you up in busyness, stealing your time. And the Lord says, the Lord says, it's not like time away from family, because the Lord says you'll spend time with family, but God says uh, most of the time that sacrifice is time away from Him. And I hear the Lord saying this God says, He's going to restore to you time, time to spend with Him. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Boy, you know, I reckon if I tried, I could probably, now, not in the natural, but I reckon if I tried, there's a word here for every one of us. 
receive your word today in the name of Jesus. Receive you, but Bailey, God has a man for you, a good Christian man, a husband, a husband that's going to love you and love Jesus. Now, you may not even be looking, but I decree it in the name of Jesus. You're going to be a good wife to a you're going, to be a, you're going to be a great wife to a great husband in the name of Jesus. And you're going to be a great mother to wonderful children. You know what I hear the Lord saying? God says this. God says, God says his hand is, now this is crazy. I hear God saying that his hand is already on your children. It's already settled with heaven, with God, children. And I hear, the, I hear the Lord saying this. I hear the Lord saying, <laughs> I hear the Lord saying that you won't have to be afraid that they're going to go down a, a wrong path or a wrong way. This may not mean a thing to you today. But in the future, you're going to remember this. You're going to be like, Pastor Ziggy told me. And, and that the Lord said, and you're going, man, you're going to hang on to this word. But God says, your children are going to be worshipers of God lovers of Jesus the Lord says they will not stray from the ways of the Lord but they will hang on to God's ways the Lord says their ways will be God's ways and God's ways will be their ways and God says and you'll have nothing to stress about or to fear when it comes to your church I hear the Lord saying that um, I hear the Lord saying that it seems as if others have been favored over you like they're like at times you feel like that maybe even when it comes to your family like that there were others that were favored over you like that uh, uh, there was grace and favor shown to one but almost like you were skipped over maybe like uh, you was you was uh, um, uh, a risk but I hear the Lord I hear the Lord saying this the Lord says my favor is on you my favor is on God says God says, the inheritance that I have for you will not go to another. The Lord says, the inheritance that I have for you is going to you. And the Lord says, and you will reap the benefits, the Lord says, of the uh, inheritance, God says, that I have left for you in this hour in the name of Jesus. You're highly favored of God. And uh, you just need to receive that and know that. God, he's not looking over you in Jesus' name, but he's looking to you. Praise God. All right, I'm going to quit, and, and we're going uh, to move forward here. But, boy, how many of you received this today? Thank God. Thank God for the anointing. Thank God for the anointing. Thank God for the anointing. Yes, Sopano, yes. Lord, I thank you for Eric and for Shelby. God, I pray for them. I pray for their family. Lord, I thank you that, you're, that your wisdom and your grace abounds toward them. Lord, I thank you that you are directing, that you are leading, that you are guiding by your spirit. Lord, that they aren't making decisions based in the flesh, but based in the spirit. That, that they are doing God. Ele supra deistikara. Tuna manchandine masebo gochea. Dele kelesta. Oratangandine manstraba. Barenjengretriectea. Urusupuna. Jantana maseo. Terectelebe esta parafrodea. Can I tell y'all something? I'm, I'm going to say this is so crazy, but I hear something about y'all's kids. I hear something for your children. The, number one, the Lord says this. The Lord says, the Lord says, 
that he brought you these children. Uh, of course, we know the Bible says that children are a gift from God. So these are, these are gifts that God gave you. The Lord says when he gave you these gifts, the Lord says, he, you know the Bible says that the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. In other words, when, once God gives you a gift and he's entrusted you with a gift, um, he won't take it back. No matter how you use that gift, he's never going to yank it away from you and take it back and be like, you know what? You weren't worthy. Give me that gift back. And he's certainly not going to do that with children. But it says something about the gifts of God. God gives gifts to people that he is equipped with what is necessary to be able to handle those gifts. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell y'all something. Sometimes I think y'all wonder if you have the wisdom and the knowledge or the wherewithal necessary to handle the gifts of your children in the way that the Lord intended for you to. And I think sometimes y'all, I think sometimes y'all uh, in, the, in, the, in the flesh, it may not, this may not be the both of you, maybe one of you, it may just be you, shall be, but it's almost like you try to, sometimes your flesh will try to get you to heap condemnation upon yourself. Like somehow or another, you're doing an injustice or a disservice to the gifts that God has entrusted you with that he's given you. God says he's given you the ability to steward the gifts that he's given you. And the Lord says this, the Lord says, because I know that sometimes we all find parenting challenging. I'm going to tell you, I thought Gabe was challenging. Not because he was a bad kid. He was just so different. It was so hard for me to navigate the waters with Gabe. I couldn't discipline him by, if I, if I spanked him, it didn't work because that wasn't what, that, that wasn't the kind of discipline he needed. And it took me a long time. Man, it took me six, seven. We, we had to have, some, he and I had to have some conversations. I mean, as he's coming up, we had to talk. We had to have some conversations. And finally, I think we came to a place where we understood each other more. And I understood that God had entrusted me with, you know, there's some things that we have from our kids that come from us and we can see it in them. But then there's those things that didn't come from either of us. We don't know where it came from. We try to blame each other's families. But it really came from, from God. But God's going to raise up, God's going to raise up these children to do great things for him. And, and God wants you to know that you have what's necessary. You, you don't need to look somewhere. God says, you need to quit looking other places. God says, if you'll search the depths of the spirit, the Lord says, every answer that you need, God says, is hidden, hidden in me. And I want to reveal it to you. So I hear God saying this, uh, today there's an anointing and a release of revelation of how to navigate the spiritual waters for your family and for your children. Not only for the children you have now, but for any children that are coming in the name of Jesus. Thank God. But I, uh, it's going to alleviate the load and the heaviness and the burden that may have been carried. That, that un, that, there's a lot of unknowns. But you can know this. You can know what the Word says, and the Word promises not just good things, great things in Jesus' name. So, Lord, I release that to them in the name of Jesus, and I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Amen.
All you other parents that have children that are, you know, that's in the name of Jesus. You're going to make it. God's going to bless you with all you need to feed your boys. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Glory to God. And their friends. Lord, take their appetite. Give them a give them spiritual Ozempic in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. All right, listen. Let's 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 make this.